1: Hey, guys, you know what this playground could use? A wine country, huh? A redwood forest would be cool. Ski
0: slopes!
1: Wait! Did we just invent California?
0: Discover why California is the ultimate playground at visitcalifornia.com.
1: The volume. The NFL season, it's going strong. And DraftKings Sportsbook hooking new customers up with an offer even stronger. Bet five bucks, that's it, on any game this week to score $200 instantly in bonus bets. How easy is that? And DraftKings isn't stopping there. All customers can take advantage of a sweetener offer every game this October. Get in on the action, get in on the game day greatness. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. The code is Colin, C-O-L-I-N. New customers can score $200 instantly in bonus bets when you just bet five bucks on the National Football League. That easy. That's the code Colin, C-O-L-I-N, only on DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. The crown is yours. All right, welcome in. Instant reaction from the early windows in the NFL. John Middlecoff, three and out at the volume, will be joining me in about 12 minutes. Uh, let's talk about the Jets' upset of the Philadelphia Eagles. Well, Philadelphia, as the saying goes, had been playing with their food for the last four or five weeks, not putting people away, struggling. I do think they miss Shane Steichen, the offensive coordinator from last year, who is now the head coach. Of the Colts, we all recognize that coordinators matter. Uh, I don't think the Niners defense is quite as good as last year. D'Amico Ryan's is now the head coach of the Houston Texans who won another game with rookie quarterback C.J. Stroud. So I just think the Eagles are a really good team struggling to find an identity. And, you know, four turnovers. Jets didn't have any. And I also think Robert Sala and his staff deserve credit. This is a team that has one real playmaker on the outside, Garrett Wilson. Nice running back. O-line is suboptimal. Tremendous defense. They're playing into Zach Wilson's strengths. Um, They kind of limit the places he can go and get into trouble, didn't love all their play calling. If you looked at the box score outside of the turnovers, you would have thought the Eagles won. Well, if you look at the box score, USC, Notre Dame, you would have thought USC won. It doesn't matter. Limit turnovers, limit the trouble. Zach Wilson can get you in, play great defense, take the ball away. You know, when I watch Philadelphia and I, and I think, Julian Edelman was on my show about four or five days ago, three or four days ago um, at Fox. And he said every September, you know, Bill Belichick's worst month of his career was September. He said every single team, even Super Bowl winning teams the next September, if you had 90% same roster, he goes, every team had a different identity. And Bill believed the first four to five weeks of the season, you found your identity. Philadelphia can't find one but they're really really talented. And so the, so the quest is can we figure out exactly what we are? Obviously Jalen Hurts made some mistakes today. Also makes you know Philadelphia usually is a very good big moment team with this roster. But it's not a surprise. Matt Ryan had an MVP with Kyle Shanahan. Kyle Shanahan leaves slowly. He's not the same quarterback. Philadelphia is a, you can be two things. Very good and lacking a true identity. For years, Michigan under Harbaugh was really good, but it wasn't until about two, three years ago they found that true Michigan identity. We're going to physically, at the point of attack, dominate you. Ohio State may have better players. Last couple of years, they feel like they've kind of lacked a little identity. Compared to Michigan. So I think that's where Philadelphia is. I think they'll be fine eventually. They've got a playmaker, a quarterback. A.J. Brown's remarkable. They have so many talented guys in that front seven defensively. Um, But good for the Jets. I think they've kind of figured out and come to terms with what Zach can do and what he can't. I think Zach's playing with more confidence now. He's put game after game after game, three in a row where he's played pretty well. First it's Kansas City, then it's Denver, Philadelphia did the best of his opportunities. You don't have to win pretty you just got to win. Good for the Jets. There's been this discussion about San Francisco having the best roster, but Brock Purdy's excellence is due to the roster and the coach. And I thought there was a moment at the end of the game that proved what Brock Purdy is, which I've claimed is good. I don't know if he's pretty good. I don't think he's very good, but he's good. So last drive of the game against Cleveland's defense, and that is a big boy Cleveland Brown defense, top five in the league. It's fast. It's got size. It's relentless. Doesn't have Christian McCaffrey, most of the game. Doesn't have Debo Samuel, last drive. On the road, marches down and gets the team into field goal range, and the kicker misses. The rookie kicker misses. He did his job. Um, If Tom Brady was missing Gronk and Edelman against this defense, drove down, got the field goal kicker in range, and the field goal kicker missed, you'd be crushing the kicker. You want to root against Brock Purdy. You wanted to acknowledge Brady was the GOAT. Depends on where you come from. Purdy's good. He's not great, I don't think, but he's good. Uh, That was a tough environment. Pressure on every pass attempt of that final drive, on everyone. Uh, A couple of big plays by Brandon Ayuk sits in the pocket. He recognizes who's open and accurately delivers the ball. And that's that's what really good franchise quarterbacks do. 90% of the people who play this position are dependent on those around them, their protection, their weaponry, their head coach. Even Mahomes benefits from Kelsey and Andy Reid. So I thought that drive, even though it was in a losing effort, was an example of what Brock Purdy is. Not intimidated, doesn't panic, can handle a pass rush, got it to the right people. McCaffrey, Debo, not available, right? McCaffrey wasn't available most of the game. Debo, not available at the end. Got it to the right people, moved the ball up the field and put them in a position to win. And he did his job. The Patriots dynasty was built on do your job the kicker didn't do his job, okay? And San Francisco got some heat for drafting a kicker where they drafted him. And to this point, you know, the Trey Lance thing didn't work. The kicker thing has had its ups and downs. They've done a very good job to build a roster. But this was going to be a really hard day for San Francisco, right? They come off this dominating national TV performance over Dallas. We know in the NFL, one of the things I've always done is bet against the team who has this dominating performance the previous week and bet on the team if they have a capable quarterback who gets blown out the previous week. So it it, it was one of those circle games, you know, Uh, The line changed dramatically because of the quarterback play. But I thought, you know, Cleveland moved the ball enough, deserved a win. But to me, the story was another example of Purdy is more than capable of at home or on the road against an elite defense without all of his pieces, moving the chains and getting you in position to win the game. I want to talk about the Houston Texans, and I infrequently do. They beat the Saints. So everybody always makes excuses for their young quarterback, Daniel Jones, Mac Jones, Justin Fields, Desmond Ritter. But I want you to think about this. What box as the Texans beat the Saints? A very good defense and a well-coached defense. What box did CJ. Stroud have in his favor when he got there? Did he have a clever offensive coach in twenty twenty three to soothe and enable the process? No. He not only had a defensive coach, he had a defensive coach that had never been a head coach, D'Amico Ryans. He has a first-time play caller, a shaky offensive line, limited weapons, and he entered an unstable organization. Much of this is what Justin Fields has faced in Chicago. But Justin Fields is in year three. C.J. Stroud is a rookie and once again delivered. Wasn't great. Had an interception finally. But what he does, sees the field, recognizes the coverage, and delivers the ball accurately. He's not Josh Allen. He's not Lamar. He's not he's not Mahomes. I don't think he's Burrow. But many of the things that C.J. Stroud faces, I mean, I hear about Daniel Jones, Saquon Barkley, offensive coach, great left tackle. You know, Zach Wilson, great defense, star receiver, really high-end young running back. They've all got certain gifts. I could argue C.J. Stroud has fewer gifts than any of them. The defensive coach, the rookie play caller, the unstable offensive line, the messy organization, a losing culture. What did he have? At some point, you have it or you don't. And C.J. Stroud has it. He makes really good decisions, and he's really accurate with the football. It's like I said about Justin Herbert. Justin Herbert walks in, has the 32nd-ranked offensive line his rookie year, and a coach that got fired after the season. And he set rookie records. Well, he had good receivers. Well, everybody's got something, but generally speaking, rookie quarterbacks with egregiously bad offensive lines, unless you're Justin Herbert or Andrew Luck, you're going to lose like, you know, 75% of your games. You have it or you don't. And C.J. Stroud, I don't know what his ceiling is, but a lot of the things that Justin Fields faces, C.J. Stroud's facing. Defensive coach, shaky O-line, losing culture, limit on weapons. And C.J. Stroud is winning games in the tougher AFC. So, you know, I well, Mac Jones doesn't have this. Desmond Ritter doesn't have this. Uh, I don't want to hear it. The best quarterbacks in this league overcome. Kansas City this year, they don't have a number one receiver. They don't. They have an incredibly young defense. They keep winning games. Philadelphia lost today, but Philadelphia had to move off all sorts of people. All sorts of people uh, in the offseason, right? Uh, they're, they're getting older right? They just keep winning a bunch of games. Well, I mean, what does Jalen Hurts won? 22 of his last 24 starts? So the good young quarterbacks, Josh Allen for years, they still don't have a good old line They still don't have a dependable running game. <laughs> and Buffalo keeps winning every week. You have to be able to overcome. And CJ Stroud, when I watch him, recognizes coverage, throws the ball accurately, almost always to the right spot. I thought he was really good today. Not great. But that Saints defense is for real. And that was a real test. And he passed again and again and again. For a limited time, you can save up to 40% off on an NFL Plus Premium annual subscription when you sign up through Plus Play. From Verizon. Plus Play. It is a platform where you can shop, manage, and save on the subscriptions you already love, like NFL Plus. With NFL Plus Premium, you get access to live games on mobile, NFL Red Zone, NFL Network, and more so you can watch multiple games all at once. On any screen around you for updates, never miss a touchdown. That simple. And for fantasy players, NFL Plus Premium makes all the difference. Access to programming like Fantasy Live through the NFL Network. Red Zone for tracking player performances on a Sunday. Access to live local and primetime games. Access to Fantasy Plus. Just go to verizon.com slash NFL to get NFL Plus Premium today. 40% 40% off. That's 40% off an annual subscription, just 59 99 for the full season. Get it before it's gone. So I spent a Saturday in Seattle watching the Huskies beat Oregon. Uh, they'll play again, I think, for the Pac-12 championship. And I think Washington has a better quarterback and wide receiver talent, and they're more of a big play offense. So I think Oregon's got a better roster. I think Texas Oklahoma will play again. Texas has the better roster. Oklahoma had a really good afternoon and beat Texas. Um, You know, one of the things I thought about though is uh, as I watch Colorado and USC sort of collapse here in the last couple of weeks, and clearly um, there's some regression on both programs, that when I went to Washington and Oregon, though both have a first round quarterback and a really, really good young head coach, and these are both very proud, um, you know, Huskies have a national championship, have had several really elite teams, Oregon, obviously, is a top 10 program, Phil Knight, the visionary behind it, despite both of them having NFL players all over the roster, first-round quarterback talent, Bo Nix, Michael Penix, the star is the program. At Colorado and USC, the star is the coach and the quarterback. And I think when I watch USC, if you looked at the box score, you would have thought they won. But if you watch the game, which I did, they are completely dependent on Lincoln Riley's play calling and Caleb Williams making magic happen. What else do they do well? Not much. Colorado's got a really talented quarterback and a really inspiring coach. What else do they do well? Is that college sports is different. Even with NIL, not everybody gets paid. Um, It is about the program. When Alabama was dominating college football, it was about Nick Saban's suffocating defenses. Saban was a well-known coach and the architect, but they didn't have star quarterbacks. Even when they have good quarterbacks like Tua, He's not the star of the program. It's the program. Ohio State, it's the program. Washington and Oregon were a testament to that. It felt like a college game, not a pro game. It wasn't about the NIL, even though we know Oregon is very uh, well capitalized in the NIL space. It was a really refreshing game. And it was, I, I, I think those are both top five or six teams in the country. I do think Oregon's got a little better talent but I think Michael Penix is a really special player. And Washington may have the best receiving core in the country. Their number two receiver didn't even play. Uh, (laughs) And Oregon's corners, who are good, uh, got beat on several occasions. But it was refreshing. Um, USC has always been, uh, uh, you know, Pete Carroll was a bit of a rock star when he was here, and so was Reggie Bush. But the difference, um, if you look at New England's dynasty through the years, it was about Tom Brady taking pay cuts. It was do your job. It wasn't about the star quarterback. Um, and there's nothing wrong with having a great quarterback. Tom Brady is the GOAT, Mahomes is. But I when I when I think about Kansas City, I think about Andy Reid's play design. I think about Brett Veach, the general manager, I think about them managing the cap, managing Mahomes' salary. I think about Travis Kelsey. I think about Spaggs, the uh uh the defensive coordinator who's been around forever, Chris Jones. It's a collective with a great quarterback. I feel like USC football is about the quarterback. They don't do anything else well and Washington and Oregon do a lot of things well. And it was just refreshing. It felt very collegiate. It's one of the best football games I've ever been to in my life, pro or college. USC, Texas I was at, obviously there was more at stake, but just an absolutely wonderful environment. Two really, really uh, talented young coaches, excellent rosters, a first round quarterback talent, NFL players everywhere. Um, and I just, I'm so excited about the future of college football, because I think when you add Washington and Oregon and a UCLA and USC to the big 10, it's going to give us like eight to 12 more massive college football Saturdays. Like the one I watched in Seattle, it was about as much fun as I have had, um, at a football game. And I, you know, I try to go to a couple per year live and then I do a lot of TV viewing, but what a, what a wonderful environment, and there's a reason those two teams are significantly better than USC, because they do a lot well, and they're not just about their first-round quarterback. And now our segment called Making It Look Easy, brought to you by Morgan & Morgan, America's largest injury law firm. Tua, once again, made it look easy. Is it me, or is every Miami Dolphins game, in the end, look like a Big 12 matchup? <laughs> Their track meets, trailing, leading, coming from behind, blowing out opponents. Tua, again, leads the NFL in pass touchdowns scuffed a little early, but the Miami Dolphins continue to be one of the great television watches. Fun watching them again, just like Tua, Morgan & Morgan makes it look easy. Uh, They have 100 offices nationwide, 100 in our 50 states and more than 800 lawyers with over $16 billion claimed over the years. You are going to get a fair and reasonable settlement at Morgan & Morgan. If you're injured, Go to forthepeople.com slash Colin or dial pound five two nine. Check out America's largest injury law firm, Morgan and Morgan. They make it look easy.
0: There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming. And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card. Hey, this looks amazing. I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex.
1: Hi, let's talk about Pro Plan Sport. Pro Plan Sport is advanced nutrition made to fuel strength and stamina in active dogs like yours. So whether you're heading out to explore a new trail or looking to set a personal best on your daily run, start your journey off right with the high-performance fuel your dog needs to keep pushing you every step of the way. Pro Plan Sport. Discover the power of advanced nutrition for strength and stamina at ProPlansport.com. That's ProPlansport.com. Hey, guys, you know what this playground could use? A wine country, huh? A Redwood
0: Forest would be cool. Ski slopes!
1: Wait! Did we just invent California?
0: Discover why California is the ultimate playground at visitcalifornia.com.
1: John Middlecoff, the volume three and out. Let's, Let's be honest. San Francisco off that Dallas win... Debo gets hurt. McCaffrey not there for a big chunk of it. It it, it did, and Cleveland's defense is loaded. So I, I kind of felt like if you're going to lose, you know, the kicker had a makeable field goal, missed it. I That's about as good a loss. And, and let's be honest about Philadelphia. They've been screwing around for weeks. I said this uh, before in my preamble. They're a really good team that doesn't quite know what they are. And that's where coordinators come in. Like they cinch it up a good coordinator, and you find an identity. Edelman told me last week on the show, he said, every September, Bill's trying to find the identity. You could bring the same roster back. You'd have a different identity. Philadelphia doesn't know what they are. They're just really talented. And eventually they got they got bit. After all these weeks of winning, they got bit. I, I might sound like a homer here,
2: but to me, the Niners is a good loss because they legitimately got outplayed. You know, they. Bosa said it after the game. We didn't deserve to win that game. The Eagles were in full control of the game. All they had to do, speaking of coordinators, you look at the box score. DeAndre Swift, who has been a fantastic addition for him, had 10 carries. The Jets are not built for you to lean on them. You, You drop back to pass what they did about 800 times a day. That puts the Jets in advantage, and I understand some corners are out. Who cares? Their defensive lineman Lane Johnson's in the locker room, so it makes it even easier for the ten defensive linemen that the Jets have. The, the guy they drafted last year in the first round, Johnson's playing fantastic. They got several other guys. Their linebackers were flying around. I did not understand. And listen, they've struggled Brian Johnson to get a rhythm with this offense like Shane Steichen had last uh, year. It was pretty clear today. Just run the ball, run the ball, run the ball, and they just kept passing it and that ultimately obviously Jalen has had some off games the pass at the end of the game was devastating we could nitpick letting them score right you had a minute 40 if you stop them twice you only need a field goal to win but regardless that pick and that spot and really the reason they were there they just were obsessed with passing I didn't understand why they didn't just run it down their throat
1: well, I mean, it, it, I think this is one of the things you get into is coordinators uh, sometimes selfishly and, and or they just get into a tunnel. They're not thinking about the, the macro level or the team. They're thinking about, i got my plays. We've worked on them. I know they'll work. The Jets are down a corner and they kind of live in a tunnel. And it, it's very, it, it's like, so this is why, by the way, John, as you know, why some coaches like to have control of their offense or their defense is that, you know, special teams coaches, you get paid more if you have more block kicks, but right. Like, but there are times you don't want to go for a block kick and get a penalty and give a team a first down. And so I think sometimes Philadelphia, remember, Sariani struggled when he was play calling, he struggled. And then he gave it over to Steichen who's brilliant and they flourished. So then they hire Steichen's replacement and he's not as good as Shane so the offense isn't as good. So they don't need to go back to Sirianni, but I, I thought they got a little exposed today. And I also think in this league is, nobody's going 17 and 0, and Philadelphia, how many weeks in a row? They hadn't played a complete game all season. They had a really good second half against Tampa. They had halves. They had series. And they tend to be really good in moments because they've been in so many big games. Philadelphia is a big game, big city, loud media. They're they're a pressurized organization. You know that. They, they've they been in big spots. Uh, the Jets usually fail in those spots. But I think eventually in this league, you screw around, you mess around, you know, you, you, you you know, when you're a little kid and your mom don't play with the oven, don't screw around with the electrical sockets and put a nickel in there, you get shocked <laughs> eventually and Philadelphia did.
2: Uh, another thing that, you know, his box score wasn't great is he's not going to throw for 300 yards, but it's pretty evident. And I think we talked about this, was it last week or two weeks ago was Zach Wilson. He has improved. He he is a functional player. I, he's yes. not living up to the number two overall pick. He doesn't look like he's going to be Trevor Lawrence anytime soon, but he played pretty serviceable today. He had some really good plays on some boot actions with guys in his face dumping it off. I, I thought, you know, relative to the bar that he set last year, he's definitely improved. And to me, the organization because I thought it was crazy to keep him because obviously you're just one snap away as a backup quarterback, and you got a forty year old quarterback who tears his Achilles. But they've done a pretty good job. Clearly, the running back's really good. Brees Hall, I mean, he's a star. And the defense. But I I give Zach Wilson some credit, like Justin Fields, for
1: just staying mentally tough when both guys could have tapped out early in the season. I want to talk about a game uh, fewer people watch, Baltimore and Tennessee. Baltimore struggled in the red zone. But I got to tell you, the first half by Lamar Jackson was brilliant sidearm, moving, pocket. John, I think he is so dynamic as an athlete that we're not giving him credit now. He's gotten significantly better as a pocket thrower. He really has become, um, Josh Allen, because he has such a howitzer, he was a bad thrower initially with a lot of turnovers. But because he is so, he's such a power thrower that we don't, we, we still consider him thrower first, runner second, even though in previous two years, he ran at Lamar's level. Lamar was so profound and had a quirky delivery, right? Like he couldn't play from behind. I watched that first half and I'm like, Jesus, I. if you told me a dark horse to the Super Bowl, Baltimore, Zay Flowers keeps getting better. Odell had a catch today. Aguilar. It's amazing. Aguilar with New England and Mac Jones looked like it's over. (laughs) I know. He he had a play today where he almost busted it for 70 yards. And it's like, as we know, the quarterback makes the receiver. Larry Fitzgerald in Arizona. The better the quarterback, the better the Larry. I, I know a lot of people didn't watch it, and they have struggled in the red zone with injuries. Boy, Lamar, he has become a legitimate pocket guy with movement. I thought
2: one of the best halves of football that has been played and it was on clear display as we realized how good Cleveland's defense is was Lamar a couple weeks ago against them. And, you know, Deshaun missed that game DTR was in and he just eviscerated them in the first half. I think he, I I completely agree. One, you know, I think Steve Young is the best total package of all time. But really by the the mid-90s, he was a pure pocket quarterback. He he was not a runner. Michael Vick and I saw it firsthand in Philly was such a reckless runner because he couldn't slide. So he took a lot of shots. Lamar to me has become kind of the total package of a lot like Jalen Hurts. They know how to avoid hits, they are not getting molly whopped down the field. Lamar's faster than Jalen. But as you saw today against the Jets, like Lamar probably has a little more touch currently the way he's playing this year than Jalen for sure. So, like, they got a bunch of injuries. They have been really good for the most part this season. And again, I go back to a couple weeks ago. When you have that ability against, you know, right now the best defense in the league in Cleveland, you can beat anyone on any given week. And they just – they always, for whatever reason, get a million guys injured. But he's proven – and last year was weird with the money, the contract going back and forth, the no agent. They've clearly got that figured out. And he – to me, when I watch him right now all season long – he's been fantastic. I I think he's definitely, I wouldn't even call him an MVP dark horse anymore. He's,
1: he's smack dab in the mix. And if you didn't watch the Steeler game, they lost, they completely outplayed them. They had two touchdowns dropped. So that's one of those games because the NFL to, to and a I large think eight degree, eight total, eight total drops. Now he did have a bad pick in that game, but yeah, he, he did. had a bunch of drops. Um, that if it, NFL is still largely except Sunday night, Monday night, a regional television product. So if you live Denver West, you don't see Lamar in a lot of these games. So, And most people out West did not get up early like I did to watch this game. He That Pittsburgh game, they totally outplayed him. But Tennessee is a physical team and God, Lamar was good. Um, One other thing in the NFL, um, I got to give credit. Two things can be true. That the Rams would not have won a Super Bowl without Matt Stafford. And Jared Goff and the Lions outside of Philly and San Francisco, they have the talent people think Dallas does. I watched them today. I mean, they don't have great corners, pass rush, playmakers, O-line, coordinators. Uh, Brad Holmes upstairs in that executive suite, this is a really good roster. It's not San Francisco, but I think it's in the class of Philadelphia. And again, if you had Brock Purdy, and his contract, you could have two more stars, so you could go buy a star corner. You like they can go, you know, they can buy a McCaffrey. They can keep two great linebackers. Um I think Stafford's good and McBay's having a great year. But I watched Detroit today and I'm like, hey, they are the Cowboys. They have the better quarterback, right? We talked Dan Quinn, they have Ben Johnson, they have a better pass rush, they have a better offensive line. I think Detroit's really good. I'm glad you brought them up because
2: I think they're a sneaky dark horse for the number one seed. Look at their schedule. They have not played Minnesota yet. They have not played the Bears yet. They already beat Green Bay in Green Bay, so they get them at home. I mean, the toughest game on their schedule, they won week one against the Chiefs. They still got Denver. They still got the Raiders. I mean, this team, the talent they have, the other thing is the trade they made with Stafford. Think of the players that netted them. Even last year, what did they do? Everyone's like, you can't take a running back in the first round. Well, they traded back and they added the tight end as well, who's fantastic. They they got today, Jamison Williams touchdown. They drafted him last year, torn ACL, one of the fastest players in the league. To me, their high-end impact players. are Now, they're a little younger than the Eagles and the Niners, but they have a chance with the tight end, with the wide receiver. St. Brown is fantastic. How about that touchdown he had today? The way Goff's playing, right? I mean, he's a top-10 quarterback in the NFL. Aiden Hutchinson has a chance to be one of the better pass rushers. They have a bunch of Pro Bowl high-end guys. And when you have that on any – they destroyed Tampa. I mean, they shoved – that game to me was – and Tampa's well, may not be bad. I mean, Tampa has a lot of high-end hey, players too, and they shoved them around on the road off a of bye.
1: Go to that game two weeks ago against Green Bay. It was not physically competitive. Like, I don't know if the Packers had five starters. You know, Jair Alexander clearly starts. Yeah, But I don't know if the Packers had five starters that would start for Detroit. Like, their O line – has to be two or three one two or three in the league and you know goff's funny i i've said for years i think goff's a better matt ryan and matt ryan won an mvp he's a better matt ryan i think he moves a little better stronger arm number one pick um you know what it's again i think people forget goff got to a super bowl um goff couldn't beat san francisco well hell the rams can't beat him with stafford (laughs) It's a bad matchup. You start looking now like the Rams got the ring with Stafford, but they've got a big decision to make. Like they have about five needs next year, and they can only get about three of those for immediate help if they have a rookie quarterback and they can. I don't know what they do with Stafford. He's still good. So is Cup. So is Donald. But let's talk Rams as they beat Arizona. What do they do? I I I've done this in my head a million times and I've 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 texted Less Need is that they need uh, probably an upgraded left tackle, another edge rusher, probably a number one running back. Uh, they moved off Van Jefferson. They'll probably get another uh, wide receiver. Um, they don't have a lot of money still because of Stafford unless he redoes his contract, and he w- didn't want to do that in the offseason. Would you, if you were the Rams, you're less neat, would you say to yourself, I'm going to trade down in the first round and get two fours, two fifths, whatever, and give Matt one more run at a Super Bowl? Or we're going to take the quarterback or even move up. We're not going to be a Super Bowl team. We'll get a few players, but may have to give up a second pick or a third pick. And then just realize Matt's going to have another nine-win season, and then we're going to move on. Would you give Matt the extra year? Like, and not draft in this quarterback class, not go. Draft, move down in the draft, get multiple players and say, Matt, we're going to give you one more Super Bowl run.
2: To me, if he's on the field all year long, I mean, they're competing for a wild card spot and you keep rolling it back. Uh, to me, I'm investing in the line of scrimmage. I mean, they, they need offensive linemen. I'm drafting multiple offensive linemen because, as you can see, Sean McVay is an offensive mind. They haven't really had a running back for years. <laughs> They've been competitive right since Todd Gurley. What he's doing with the passing game, now they got Cooper Cup back. Yeah, I mean, I to me, as long as Stafford's healthy, and that was my biggest question mark, because last year you get the elbow thing we saw a couple years ago with Big Ben. It just fell off a cliff. Well, you're watching Stafford this year. He looks fantastic. I mean, he's slinging that around like he did in Detroit. So to me, you just get a little more talented up front because in the NFC, think who you're going to have to beat. Obviously, the 49ers, why do they struggle with them? Can't pass block. Dallas, Philly, all great pass rushes. Now Detroit with Aiden Hutchinson, their defensive line. So to me, I have no problem running back with Aiden Hutchinson. I also think, or I mean, uh, with Matt Stafford, but if, when you look at some of these other teams, you can draft guys in the middle round at quarterback. Because part of having Sean McVay now they did it with Stetson Bennett. I don't know all the details. Something's a little weird there. That that looks like they they regret that one, right? But I, I don't mind the mindset taking a guy third, fourth, fifth round. Hell, the 49ers are quarterbacks in the seventh round. So you have Sean McVay. The reason you pay him all this money is because... Remember J- Jared Goffs now he was the number 1 overall pick but when Sean McVay took over the job everyone thought the guy was going to be out of the league in like 2 years based off his rookie season right because it was pretty ugly and then he immediately that year they were in the playoffs within 2 years they're competing for a Super Bowl so yeah I mean I I would roll with Stafford as long as I feel good about his health but this quarterback class and you saw you know on Saturday the talent you know, passed the first two guys is pretty elite I mean it, it really is
1: so let's talk some college football here to wrap this up. Um, I think Panix, um, I don't know what his comp is, but he was willing with a better receiving crew to sit longer in the pocket, sees the field well, beautiful deep ball sideline thrower, was much more willing, had more physical courage to sit in the pocket to the last second, muddy pocket, get hit. Uh, Bo Nix is Derek Carr. Generally, first, second read wants to get it out. Decisive, accurate, gets it out. Um, You can move the pocket with him, but that's not what he is. Very much to me, Derek Carr, where professional, accurate, but didn't wait an extra beat, played with a much cleaner pocket, didn't wait the extra beat, got it out, got it completed underneath stuff where I thought he could have waited another half second to a second. we will just sit down there until his guys get deep. Um, I said this earlier. What I don't like about what I see with Colorado and USC programs, this is still college football and I'm for the NIL, but they've become very coach quarterback dominant. I'm the man. Oregon, Washington have first round quarterbacks. They're about the program. And it was so refreshing to go. I want there to be a gap between pro football and college football. Like right. I like the, the, the cheerleaders, the bands, the collegiate feel. I don't have a problem with NIL, but I think USC has gotten sloppy. I think they're about Caleb making great plays. Too much Heisman talk. I think Shadour Sanders, Dion Sanders. I love the mission. But again, like it's not a complete football program. And I, 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 I can, I love college football. And part of what I love about it is its history and Penn State's uniforms and the big house. And I think USC feels a bit bougie to me and they've gotten a little, they've fallen in love with the brand USC and they don't really do anything well. They don't run well. They don't pass block. They don't tackle well. And I, in a, in a strange way, I, I, as I watched them play Notre Dame, I said, they deserve this. They've gotten a little too much love too quickly. And Washington and Oregon, having sat there, those are buttoned up, do multiple things well. Kalen DeBoer, Dan Lanning, really well coached, excellent NFL players, but it's about the community, the programs, the stadium, the fan. I mean, Autzen and Husky Stadium are about as loud as college football gets. And so as I watch that game and then I watch USC Notre Dame and I'm like, I found Washington and Oregon really easy to root for. And USC increasingly kind of a hard watch and hard to root for.
2: Listen, I, I know you've talked to him. I, I like Lincoln uh, philosophically from a football sense. I, I don't agree with a lot of the things, the way that he looks at the game. Obviously, the quarterback matters, but he just doesn't care about defense. I mean, he strictly doesn't, and his ethos as a coach is represented by the way they play, and there's a softness to it. The, the, there just is. And I think look at some of the things that have happened this year, the, the banning of the reporter. Like, what are we doing? That 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 feels so you know, non-Power 5. Such a small-minded move to me. And then there's another thing that I've been told by NFL people. He shut it down for NFL scouts after week two, I I think, till the Cal game, where every other program, they always say about Nick Saban, you you could knock on the door at 3 a.m. and someone's there to let you in. And the one thing I've heard about Oregon and Dan Lanning, where does he come from? Kirby Smart, who's a Nick Saban, NFL operation, you go to their practice last year, you go to their practice this year, it looks the same thing. Same, same thing with Washington. It's a very consistent place. And I think sometimes in this transfer world, and I've he, talking to a lot of scouts that go to these practices, they're like, you never know what you're going to get from year to year. Think about Pete Carroll's in their heyday or Chip Kelly or Harbaugh. The same group of players were there three to five years, right? So the rivalry, the Notre Dame game matters. Well, listen, I mean, I would have signed Lincoln Riley too, but Lincoln Riley is a Texas guy, right? It's where he's from, Texas Tech, Oklahoma. The, the USC Notre Dame rivalry means a lot to a lot of people, but to him, you know, doesn't, to Caleb, does it mean the same? You saw Oregon, Washington, some of those players, and listen, they got transfers too, but where does, think about Bo Nix, what's he used to? Rivalry, Alabama, Auburn, like it, it, he played, and listen, he had some flaws yesterday. But I was impressed just with his effort. Yeah. Obviously, watching yeah. all the kids in that game, to me USC kind of tapped out. They they kind of laid down. Same thing with Colorado, and that's what happens sometimes. What happened to the NBA? Kind of became a mercenary league. People don't care as much, right? When you get players, you get fifty three transfers. You know, you lose a game when you are up twenty nine nothing to Colorado. You have no business losing at home. I mean, that was right. let's face it. Obviously, the kid, the wide receiver, made an incredible catch on the back of Travis Hunter. But still, that's a bad loss to me. 48 to 20, Colin, 48 to... It's one thing to lose. Listen, Oregon right. lost. You you hang your head high. USC, that's uh, that's an indictment on the program.
1: Yeah, and I think to your point is when you have a kind of uh, a talent infusion, the danger of the transfer portal um, is that we, we... That's why Colorado was so shocking to all of us that they were good in week one and efficient. We're like... But over the course of time, you know, you you can go with friends, five or six friends on a road trip and it works for two days. 10 days later, y'all hate each other, right? It's like, there's something about family. And I feel like when I went to Washington, Oregon, I feel like there was so much depth in the programs. The players care. They're crying. They care so much. They're so into everything, fight song on. And Washington and Oregon have transfers, but USC is like a transfer program. Yeah. And and I and I think I think the longer the season goes on, their O-line play gets worse. They don't tackle. They don't run the football consistently. I don't blame it all on Caleb. Um, he's running for his life. They can't, I mean, it's just he has to be a a, a superhero, on but but doesn't that down. doesn't
2: that speak to like let's use the NFL as an example right now? If Patrick Mahomes has a, has a bad game, Andy and Veach have built a team; they can win. Today, Purdy barely throws for 100 yards. The Niners are in the game. The Browns—they're missing their starting quarterback; can't compete. Part of building a team, right? When, when your quarterback—he's human being. Now he was really bad, but when yeah. he has a bad game, can you compete? And they, they couldn't even—I mean, they they weren't even close. Right. Where the other two programs, for example, like Washington, Oregon, could have a down game from their quarterback and definitely still compete. The running backs really good. Their yeah. other playmakers defensively there to me, I Dan Lanning and Kalen Dubor. I, I've been saying this for a while. You can see the Kalen Dubor thing coming from a mile away. Ohio State. Now they're going in the Big Ten. He's going to be placing these big programs. Ryan Day loses to Michigan again. The rumbling start. That's a guy that some of these big programs—not that Washington isn't—but they've never had those hundred million-dollar coaches yet. Maybe it's time. But the Ohio States of the world are going to start looking at him when you win games like that. I mean, that this—that guy's a star. I, Dan Lanning's
1: pretty damn good too. But Oregon pays. Yeah. Well, Phil Knight. Yeah. Open yeah. the checkbook. So yeah, you know, it's it's um I, I, a lot of people didn't like the conference realignment, and but I got news for you. If you give me Oregon, Washington every year the big dogs will still play. If you give me USC, UCLA, the city championship, I don't need USC to play the regional, you know, Washington state, Oregon state, Arizona state. So it was, um, I like college football in person better than I like the NFL. I will say it was a national TV game, so there was a lot of TV timeouts, and you're sitting there. Thank God, Montlake is so beautiful. So when you have yeah. nine minutes, you know you're knocking down a beer, you're looking at the the, the crowd, and you're looking at the you know uh, the water.
2: Do, do, but, do you think? Do you think? Uh, to me, he's a version, a bigger version of, of Tua. The one thing with a player like Pennix, very interesting. The only thing that makes me a little nervous, like with Tua is Injured. the lack of mobility in, in the modern day game with, I mean, we see how many sweet defensive linemen are all over the NFL. Cause he throws the ball as beautiful as you're going to find at any level. It's just, can he move well enough, but how's he not going to be a top 10 pick? I mean,
1: well, <laughs> right? I think I, I couldn't come up with a comp. That's probably it. A bigger, stronger, more of a power thrower to a, he throws a gorgeous ball, not really going to move much. Um, tough. That's a, and has, by the way, he had two ACL tears at Indiana, so he's got an injury history. That's a really good comp. I thought Bo Nix was Derek Carr. Uh, Michael Penix is a bigger, a stronger um, Tua. That's a really good comp. That's that's what it is. And that, me, that's really, yeah.
2: He he was getting peppered there in the middle of the game. The, the scouts love, you know, he was barely getting up, but he just kept getting back under center, kept getting his shotguns like, ah, this guy's tough. I mean, you know he's tough, obviously, battling back from the ACL injuries. In the middle of a game with that many people watching, I mean, I thought Oregon was playing fantastic. He just, just, that guy was relentless. And and to me, the Dan Lanning going for it in the middle of the field, the momentum you give another team when you turn it over on downs, you just give them life, you know? And and to me, so it's a double whammy. It's one, you give them the ball back in the middle of the field, but you also, the excitement that goes to that other sideline. And I I understand it's, it's his MO to be kind of Brandon Staley-ish, but in that spot, you would really dominate the second half, just make him go 85 yards.
1: Well, and I also think, Dan, his his brand, if he has one, is an aggressive guy. Yeah. You know, he'll taunt people on social, smoke the cigar, the, the pregame speech. And so it's hard when you're an aggressive guy and you preach that and you get into that moment. To punt. Hey, we're punting, <laughs> right? It's like, it's his brand. Uh, whereas Kalen DeBoer is very humble, very under the radar about the players. He reminds me a lot of Chris Peterson. And you know, Peterson is behind the scenes. So they got DeBoer and then Chris Peterson's right behind the scenes. Yeah. And they I think they took their ops guy from like Michigan. They spent like seven figures on him. I think I'm right there. So uh, let me tell you something. Washington's got money. They may not have Phil Knight money, but they've got they got money and uh they're going to have to start saving their pennies because Kalen DeBoer is going to get big-time offers. And and Washington may not be Ohio State or Michigan, but they are in that somewhere between like 7 to 12 program where environment, history, I, I don't know where. Oregon's probably, you know, Washington's got the natty, Oregon doesn't. You can look at Oregon and go, Phil Knight's the program, or it never exists. Washington was great with Don James. They were good with Jim Owen, Don James, Rick Neuheisel, pretty good with Sark, Chris Peterson, now Kalen DeBoer. Like Washington is like Ohio State, maybe a little lesser that when they get the right coach, they win 9-10 games and they're in They're in the playoff picture. And um, this team's good. They're good.
2: Yeah. I mean, you and me are West Coast guys. I, I was thinking, meanwhile, Wisconsin and Iowa are playing like a 2 nothing game. The Big Ten is lucky to add those two programs. They, they made the right decision. Obviously, USC, UCLA, a no-brainer. But those two programs i mean they're better right now than usc clearly on the football field but that's those brands and that beside ohio state michigan and penn state they fit right in and honestly on any given week they could
1: beat them as well yeah well listen i've gone to a lot of husky games and driving windy rainstorms yeah ucla may struggle with the weather transition washington oregon or not no uh john Middlecoff, the volume three and out good to see anybody thanks colin have a good week
0: the volume